Hi, I'm Ann Carrier. And I'm Ann Carrier's friend, Jillian. And you're listening to Sneaker Waves. Let's make an uneducated guess together. Uh-oh, Ann. Uh-oh. Someone else is sitting. Someone else is sitting with us right Making now. Making me nervous. We have very, very exciting news. We have our very first guest here on Sneaker Waves. Um, guest, would you like to uh, to introduce yourself? Hello, listeners. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is the guest. This is Joe. And it's been a long time coming. I'm finally making my way to mm. the pod. And I'm throwing out all of the podcast lingo like pod. And I'm very happy to be here. Joe, we're we're beyond excited you're here. Oh, I, Joe, too. your voice sounds like velvet. Your voice has changed so much. I, now that you're like, I'm yeah. speaking to an audience, your voice has changed so much. You, you sound I mean, wonderful. I, I did mention you that sound like the, uh... the talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> oh my God. Well, like, I don't know how that, like, I feel like you are how that character is meant to sound right now. Another movie I have not seen, but... Whoa! There's something, there's something about that name that has always... I've always associated it with the uh, movie that we are speculating on today. The titles, there's similarities, there's crossover potential. Do have we? We haven't introduced mm. the film itself, have we? No, we, no, haven't. we haven't. No, we haven't. But okay, I do I agree with so. you. I feel like those could be in the same universe for sure. That yeah. one being our own. Mm, I yeah. don't know. Call me crazy. Call well, shit, now we got everybody on the edge of their seats. I kind of oh, like yeah. this. I like the anticipation going like on in everybody's it. ears it's, right now. It's you sexy. guys are going to have to wait another minute till you figure out what, what little movie we're watching. Because yes. uh, we thought it would be we thought it'd be fun to uh, to get a little fun fact out of Joe. You know? Oh, yeah. Of Just course. to kind of sit down. Really putting them on the spot. Yeah, absolutely. Get to know our friend a little bit more. Well, the only thing that I think... The thing that feels most fitting is that I... Uh, made the little musical intro for this show. At the, um, it's currently untitled. We've discussed potentially giving it a name, but the long story short was that I made that quick little jingle in my bedroom, and it is now forever enshrined within the history of this podcast. Joe Bradis is our Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your Hans. Yeah. Joe, we're so honored that you made us a little jingle. We absolutely love it. We do. Well, thank you. It got me out of my chair to actually make a little something, and I'm glad that I was able to help out. It's just the shocking thing to me is that it's just really good. Not shocking (laughs) in that I... (laughs) You bitch! okay. (laughs) Can I pull back on that? Can I pull back on that? So not shocking because you made it, because like I knew that you would make something phenomenal, but it's shocking to me that we get to have it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, because we're like so lowbrow. Like our last episode was 60% poop jokes. 60% poop, 40% nothing. Now you say this, the thing that I never revealed about writing that song was the meaning of that song is also 60% poop jokes. So it it matches it's up fitting. with... It's fitting? Yeah, Aww. I wrote that song channeling just poop jokes poop. over and over again. Mm. 
and uh, so it's it might sound like it has a certain shine to it or a certain production value. It's it's mostly poop though. A wise Joe once said, "It's mostly poop." It's mostly. Poop. So we um, we let Joe pick the movie for us this week. We're like we're having a little guest on. We would love yes. to let them pick the movie. We're going to let Joe play along, give their predictions as to what they think this movie's going to be about, you know. We're all going to watch the movie together, all going to come back in the second half to uh, to wrap up, give our review, all that good stuff. So, Joe, because you got to pick the movie, would you like to tell the good people listening what the movie is and, and why you chose it? Mm. Well, mm-hmm. I guess we can tell a, a quick little story as to how it how we arrived at this movie. Um, yeah, let's do it. Take us on a little trip. If I remember correctly, Jillian and I were doing a lovely watch through of the extended editions of The Lord of the Rings. And mm-hmm. I don't know how we got from there to um, saying, <laughs> of you know, you can boo me because there's, a, I guess, a, it's loosely a pun. Um <laughs> But basically, just kind of off the top of the dome, I made the pun, Mr. Megorium's Orgasm Emporium, which cracked, cracked us up. Like, you would not believe. That's right. The, the French title, they, I have it pulled up. They moved the magazine de Monsieur Megorium. It's pardon my French. Uh, how do you say Orgasm Monsieur, nothing is funnier than Monsieur Megorium. Monsieur Megorium. So, yes, the movie we are watching is Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Ta-da! Ta-da! As soon as we said Orgasm Emporium, Jillian and I were like, okay, that will be... Sold! We're sold. We have to watch the movie. None of us have seen it. Very How? Loose. I don't know. But, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting because, like, it's such a really, like... It's definitely, like, a really, like, um, you know, foundational fabric in the tapestry that is cinema. Mm, and the yes. fact that we missed it is mm-hmm. honestly a little bit embarrassing, but I'm really glad that, you know, we're getting around to it now and not... Never. You know? Amen. Yeah. Amen. And uh, do you want to give us some stats on this movie? Hell You're really going to give yeah. us stats. Why don't you read us the stats? Why don't you read us the lineup? Let me, let me introduce yeah. said flick. Uh, as I do, I like to give a little bit of context. Um, and I think it's kind of crucial to this film because mm. no film is made in a vacuum. Unless it's mm-hmm. like interstellar. <laughs> No film is made in a vacuum. It's very much grounded. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Everyone is, knows. Okay, sidebar. Everybody my... knows that they filmed Interstellar in a vacuum. That's not yeah. tit for tat. That, it that was, was in a Dyson. Bringing up the common knowledge that Interstellar was in fact filmed in space, whereas Mr. McGorm's Wonder Emporium was filmed on the ground. Was filmed on Earth, as far as we know. As far as, as, far we, as know. we know. We haven't seen the movie, so maybe they <laughs> so, leave Earth. Maybe they the Wonder to... Emporium is limbo. <laughs> they're <laughs> so all they're dead. Somewhere between they're life, all death, dead. and heaven and hell. <laughs> it is a perfect analogy for Dante's Inferno. They yeah, Mr. Megorium's Wonder rings. Emporium is the tenth mm-hmm. layer of the Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> the cold, icy devil that awaits is Monsieur Megorium. <laughs> Monsieur Megorium. Do you think that's what Dustin Hoffman calls his dick? Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Hey, girl, yeah. let's give a let little me bit put of my monster magorium all over your of wonder oh. emporium. Oh, god damn <laughs> you it. You laid that right out for me. You laid I that did. right out for me. All that right, go ahead. Stats. Underhand stats. toss. All right. Mm-hmm. Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium was released in 2007. Categorically, it's family slash fantasy. Runtime, an hour 40. Rated G. We'll see about that. I think we can notch this right on up to R with our content. <laughs> yes. Uh, starring, as I alluded to before, Dustin Hoffman as <laughs> Monsieur Magorium himself. Natalie Portman, uh, a random child who kind of looks like a bean sprout, Jason Bateman, and that's all the characters I care about. Is that not the, the is that not the wee boy from Narnia? No. Skandar Kanes? No, 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 no. Is that Skandar, not Skandar? Skandar, Skandar is objectively a hot item, and I know him anywhere that's not Skandar. Okay, cool. I think Mr. Magorium, and this might be crucial, is post V for Vendetta, right? Because <laughs> remember, Natalie Por- remember, Natalie, remember, 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 Natalie Portman had to shave her head yes. for V for oh. Vendetta, so I think she's growing out V for Vendetta. Like, and, and oh, this takes place and, in the world. Of this is like a burn. <laughs> and yeah, I this is in the world. This is Natalie a sequel. Portman and Mr. Magor- like Mr. Magorium is V. <laughs> Mr. Magorium is Mr. Magorium is Guy Fox. This is historically uh-huh. accurate. Okay, so I, f- I feel like we're dipping our toes into the prediction territory. So why yeah, don't we just we're getting up go ahead it. and why don't we just go ahead and, and launch into that? As I was thinking, just kind mm-hmm. of in prep for this episode, it very much seems that they're going for a they're trying to make the next Willy Wonka. You right. Know, as in terms of having an eccentric man with an eccentric wondrous type shop factory um mm. they're, they're really trying to do a, a wonka for the new generation my predictions i mean in terms of plot i don't really know too much else and honestly i kind of want to open it up to youtube because in my head i'm like huh all right, they're going to just do like a subpar Wonka. The only other mm-hmm. thing I found out about this movie in prep was the fact that apparently Dustin Hoffman had wore these like little leather slip-on shoes Mm-mm. during Mm-mm. the production and he nope. has like gone on record to say that they are the most comfortable pair of shoes he's ever worn in his life they look Shit. like little kind of like elven slippers like a cobbler shoes. done it like a cobbler done it for him which would maybe wow. you know, to speculate about plot is mr Gregorian does he age can does he, he die age? does he oh. is that has he been operating this emporium for years, like where does Mr. Magorium come from? A hole in the ground? Oh. A hole in a tree? <laughs> is he human? Where is he from? Is he human? Yeah. Is he a god? Is- I'm gonna say right now, and I'm sticking with my guns on this one, that Mr. There is no way Mr. Magorium is not gonna up and die by the end of this film. <gasps> yeah. Okay? Hear me out on this. Yeah, you go, this, you go, you go. This character looks like a dry, windy fart. Mm. 
and there is no way a man named Mr. Megorium with a wonder emporium doesn't die tragically. <laughs> that's my stance. That's how, I swear to God, that's how this is ending. And then it's going to be convincing. like, oh, who takes on the emporium? Y- but, who, takes on, who takes care of the toys? Who takes care of the toys that will inevitably come to life. <laughs> yes, of course. And maybe even some of the toys will die as well. There's going to be Ooh, untold carnage. It's going to be a bloodbath. Is Mr. McCorium's Wonder Emporium a massacre? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we said we weren't doing this. Okay, so Anne, you just told me what you think kind of the end's going to be like. Do you have more of like a mm. plot kind of you're forming with? Or are you just like, this is just a death ride? <laughs> it's a real this final is destination. A Dustin Ho- this is a Dustin Hoffman death ride. This rattle. is his swan song. He's out. <laughs> swan song. Um, I, you know me, I'm not one for plot. I am one for motif. So, Uh, (laughs) girl dish. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to serve it hot and fresh as it's coming to my brain and then onto my tongue and through my mouth hole. Jesus Christ, cut all that. (laughs) Uh, Do I sound deprived? Because I am. (laughs) (laughs) What I think, all the imagery around Mr. Megorium and his emporium is incredibly commodified okay we i'm seeing i'm seeing bedazzled rockets i'm seeing little zebra toys i'm seeing uh jack-o'-lanterns and little glow sticks and i really feel like honestly this is like a postmodern sort of like pastiche of consumerism Mm. (laughs) Mm, and i think mr magorium is gonna die at the hands of capitalism no he's a cog in the machine he's a cog in the machine no and he peddles his wares he peddles his wares and he thinks it's really wonderful and magical because he's been driven to madness Mm. by the beast that is capitalism do we think bean sprout kid how does he get roped into this okay so i think Jillian, do you want to speak to Mr. Megorium before we launch into how all the other characters get wrapped up in this? Because you've had very little comment on this character. Oh, I've been cooking over here? You've been cooking? Oh, you got some cooking. You've been cooking that little bean sprout kid. Oh, you've been cooking him up. (laughs) So, Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. He's got a toy store. We know he's got a toy store. He's selling fun little knickknacks. He's Mm. warming the hearts of children and adults. At every age, every age. He's warming the hearts of every age, you know? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like, there's got to be something sinister going on behind the scenes. Like, no one has hair like that and, like, hasn't done time. <laughs> so my prediction is that, yeah, he's got a toy store, but kind of, like, in the back. Like, the toy store is a front for something. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a point in the movie where, so I'm thinking maybe Natalie Portman's, like, I'm thinking she might be the main character and she's going to like be the new like, you know, register worker or some uh-huh. shit. Okay. So she's going to be the new worker, whatever. And Mr. Megorium's like, there's a door in the back. Whatever you do, don't go through that door. Don't go through the red and door. And one of those, one of the days she's going to be like, <laughs> one of the days she's going to see that door and she's going to go, fuck it. I'm going through the door. I'm so curious. So Natalie Portman's going to open that little door. What does she see? She's going to see Mr. Megorium, Dustin Hoffman, hovering over a mountain of ketamine. Uh, a la Scarface. Mr. Megorium is the Scarface of ketamine. 
Uh-huh. So he's in this back room. The toy store is a front for the massive horse tranquilizer ring that he runs and operates behind the scenes. Okay, Jillian. Yeah, I can, I can tell I've got some questions. Yeah, go I, ahead. Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna have some questions on this one. First one's from me. Uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I think if there is a red door in this film, you get bonus points. Love that it. being said. This yeah. movie is G, which I, I'm not disagreeing there's, with you. Hey, hey, there's, there's a thing called typos. <laughs> yeah, that was, the G rating was a typo. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. But it was too late, and they, like, released it. It's Mr. McGorium's Ketamine Emporium. That's what the movie we're about to watch. Common common tropes, smuggling in movies and TV, smuggling drugs. Tr- Trugs. Trugs. Don't talk. Don't get me. Trugs. I'm on drugs. <laughs> That's a great Mr. McGorium impression. Yeah. He, he, can't, he can't pronounce the word drugs because he's on too many. And it's rated G, so they can't say drugs. So oh, yeah. Drugs. So they, just, they can call them drugs for the kids. For the kids. For the kids. Like, for the oh. kids. And it's like, and the producer's like, no, I think he's, I think he's saying trucks. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, he's hovering over a mound of ketamine. Yeah, um, ketamine. He's like, say sure, hello he to my be... little ketamine. <laughs> okay, so to to recap, yeah, Joe, you're kind of leaning towards Willy Wonka vibes. Willy Wonka vibes. It's a really safe. I will say, Joe, I think that's a great choice for your first pod. <laughs> Safe. It's the safe choice. I mean, I that was more. I think less of a uh, speculation for like the sake of the podcast. That was more just a realization I had at some point when I was thinking about this movie of like, oh, this is the vibe that they're going for. This is how they would have pitched it to producers or something like that. So then, and you're leaning towards mm-hmm. a kind of capitalist cog in the machine mr morgorium's definitely gonna eat it at one point oh he's gonna eat he's He's gonna gonna bite the dust do we think when he dies i say when he dies yeah yeah thank you thank you joe i would would expect that there's no body i think he's oh his like his clothes will just crumple to the ground yes 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 yes, yes. yeah kind of like benjamin button (laughs) is that what happens in benjamin i don't know (laughs) away so and then i think this movie is about um kind of like a toy store being a front for a ketamine ring yeah so we all have very different kind of ideas about what's going on i also think we're kind of all on the same page that there might be some v for vendetta shit happening as well i think we have not talked about the fact that jason bateman's in this i think he's a fed i think his character is a fed and that's all i'm gonna say yeah, I think Jason Bateman is like this curmudgeon-y fed who's looking into the ketamine, th- ketamine thing, becomes absolutely charmed and delighted by Mr. Megorium. Mm. Mr. M-, Mr. M dies and is like, now you must take over my empire, my billion-dollar ketamine empire. And he's like, I will do this. I will do it. He passes the keys on. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. On this he rock, says, I will build my ketamine church. Yes. He remains a fed. He is investigating yeah. his own case. That's how he... Keeps from getting caught. More happens. Characters more, more, come more, more, back. More. The stakes yeah. get higher and higher. Higher, and higher. That and then it leads us into 
Ozark, I presume. Is that oh is yeah, Jason this, Bateman's drug This empire. movie is post V for Vendetta, pre Ozark. Yeah, it's the sweet spot. That really sweet <laughs> spot in between those two things. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. They it really just filled the gap. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so Jason Bateman is a Fed gearing up for his the career he's gonna have in Ozark. And Natalie Portman's character is post whatever the fuck happened in V for Vendetta. So she's like post, you know, 5th of November. Yes. Hang on, when was this movie released? What day does that matter? Oh. This was released? (gasps) No. Guess when this was released? November 16th. Oh, that's all. Okay, so it's it's almost going to be as good. It's almost as good as November 6th, like the day after, but like that's fine. That seems. Well. That's a cadence. We've, we're coming to the seems like the time where we would watch the movie. Yeah, we've all got we've got some pretty right, solid kind of like ideas going on. Pretty diverse. I think I think one of us is going to be really fucking right. Oh, one oh, of yeah. us is going to be so right. And Money's I like that me. with this time, you know, there's yeah. a lot of <laughs> Money's on oh, you. Oh, you peach, stop it, you. Oh, you're fun. We have fun I'm too. too. Much. We have fun. We have fun. We have fun. <laughs> we have fun. Uh, I think I, I'm excited for this little like kind of friendly competition we've going on, and I love yeah. having like one more hat in the ring too. You know, all the diversity we're bringing to our our ideas and, and opinions about what's going to happen in this little flick. Diversity. <laughs> just more. Cool. Yeah, yeah. What do, what, what are we representing? Willy Wonka, capitalism, and ketamine. <laughs> Listeners at home, the viewers hit play perhaps on your own viewing. So that you can watch along with us. We anticipate that you are, in fact, watching along. (laughs) (laughs) That is very much our expectation. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not, just quit. Quit now. (laughs) Off to the the Emporium. Yes! That's so baller. Oh, I see a moving giraffe. Wait, uh, whoa, what? I saw a moving okay. giraffe. Ketamine. Ketamine. <laughs> <gasps> I'm gonna cry. His last hair. I'm gonna cry. Mr. Megorium's ball emporium. Ball emporium. <laughs> Mr. Megorium's balls. Mr. Megorium's balls. I got enough balls to last a lifetime. And this is my last pair. <laughs> my last pair of balls. <laughs> Pretty impressive ball, isn't it? Impressive. <laughs> Let's start a campaign for them to release the director's cut, the Snyder cut of <laughs> Mr. Gorium's where Mr. Gorium hits Natalie Portman. Dustin Hoffman fucking decks Natalie Portman. He hits her so hard, her like hair grows out. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's just so gacked up on. Megorium juice. But she isn't. Yeah. She doesn't know it's what called from down. Ketamine. <laughs> it's called. Oh boy. Who farted? Excuse me. <laughs> Please let me venture to Valhalla in peace. Join my warrior. Grace. Please let me die. Valhalla. <laughs> my brother can write you a prescription for Vicodin. <laughs> okay, Holy Mr. Shit. Megorium or Jillian Van Sicklin, who wore it Mr. best? Mr. Megorium stole my look. That's what the fuck? Absolutely insane. We're wearing the same shirt. Oh my god! I hate this movie.
Ew, I hate this movie. <laughs> His dying words are, get friends, loser. Get friends, loser. Oh my god, I'm shitting and crying at this. I think they're just doing whatever the fuck. I don't think they're calling it any sort of roadmap with this thing. I don't think there's no any script. There's logic. no script. Mr. McGrain's Gaslight Emporium. Yeah, seriously. What? Do not roll credits. No. <gasps> don't. <gasps> oh, don't. What? This is the Barely best movie I've meat. ever seen. <laughs> there was stuff. no meat. They just gave me bones. It's all bones. Nothing all bones. <laughs> Mr. Megorium's bone emporium. <laughs> <laughs> open things as I always like to with a little bit of good old-fashioned negativity um yeah okay pop off yeah so just jumping right in um I thought I'd frame and preface preface excuse me our conversation with some reviews from some super reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes so the, these people they've been around they know what they're doing Mm-hmm. You know, I think to be a super reviewer, you've got to have at least upwards of like 200 of these, right? Oh, yeah, so wow. what I'm getting is that their opinions can be trusted. Their opinion, we can trust them. Yeah, and we could like cite them. We could cite them if we wanted to. <clears throat> and we just mm-hmm. might. Okay, so opening with Bradley W. He gives Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium one and a half stars. Mm. Out of? Out of five. Um, Bradley says, quote, Mr. Megorium's crappy emporium. This film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get him, Bradley. Yeah, get him. Damn. Damn. This film was boring. What do you freaking do, kids? Have a magical time at this crap. Wait, this review is so funny that he's just like, Wait, this movie is for kids? Of course it's for fucking kids. What it's called Mr. Fr- Megorium's Wonder Emporium. <laughs> a film with Dustin Hoffman dresses a clown on the poster isn't giving you like serious <laughs> themes. Which it is. It is deals with serious themes. It does, it does. But we'll get into that. Okay. Yeah. To yeah, counter- give us another review. To counter Bradley's position, we have an anonymous reviewer. Okay. They don't want this getting yeah, back to them. Yeah, they don't want this getting back to them. Gives it a whopping five stars. In all caps. Money. You know what? Fuck you, <laughs> Rotten Tomates. <laughs> this movie was my no. childhood. And there is nothing you can do to change that. <laughs> You're and kidding. Honestly, they're right. There's like absolutely nothing we can do about that fact. I, it, we are powerless. I'd say there's a 20% chance that is Bradley with a burner account. That's a big... like... <laughs> All of Bradley these reviews had, yeah. are Bradley. He's got a lot to work through. Mm-hmm. It's just like every day his opinion changes. He's like, wait, no, I actually do love this movie. Oh, shit. I love it. <laughs> okay. Somebody says... Uh, half a star. Seriously, what the fuck? I don't even know any kids that liked this bullshit. Implying that this person has spoken to some children, and these children yeah. were also like, what the fuck? Yeah, these children were like, well, I don't understand what I just saw. 
not for me. The kids are confused. <laughs> the kids are like, this movie must be for adults because I don't understand what just happened. <laughs> okay, a couple others here. Um, really bad review. They said, such a dong dong dummy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Very no stupid. Way, real person. Very <laughs> stupid. I have to suffer by watching this movie on my own birthday. (laughs) Tell me Patty Harrison didn't make that as a joke. Like, that doesn't sound like what a real person would say. I had to watch Mr. Gregorium's Wonder Emporium on my birthday, and it sucked. It sucked. I watched Mr. I watched Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium on my birthday, and all I got was this rad t-shirt. Okay. All right, one more. One more. Lay Last, on. but certainly not least, mm-hmm. we have arguably the most important review I've maybe ever read in my life. There is something about this review that makes me feel like we're we completely misunderstood the assignment with this film, okay? Mm. I'm gonna lay it out there. On April 28th, 2013, Kip C. gave Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium five stars, saying, quote, nice review for those who got out of touch with the child inside them. The rat race is obviously killing you softly dot 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 making you think you make sense somehow smiley face there's a message in the movie that you did not find to you (laughs) to you the wooden block was just a block of wood smiley face oh shit is that not kip Kip went and did it to him i know Pulling out the wooden block. Pulling out the wooden block, which he's right. I didn't get. I didn't get the wooden block. So I, I mean, think still, I don't know if I get the wooden block. I. But that's the thing is now he's like, okay, it's like it's like Kip, Kip is gaslighting me into thinking that this movie's <laughs> actually <laughs> super. He's gaslighting. He's, but he's making me feel like I'm wrong for thinking this right. movie is utter garbage. Even though my mm-hmm. perspective aligns with 99% of the reviewers on Rotten Tomato. But this <laughs> one review from Kip C just completely mm-hmm. flipped my world upside down. Kip, wherever you are, you have changed us. Yeah. Rocked us to our Reach course. out. Ro- I'm rocked. <laughs> yeah. Rocked me to the wooden core inside of my body. But if only... I believed, which I only think is... It's like the Polar Express bell. Like, I think, like, Kip heard it because he believed. I think we didn't (laughs) hear it because we don't believe. Shit. Oh, that's It's like Tinkerbell. If you stop believing in her, she dies. She dies. I think, I think we, we killed the movie because we didn't believe in it. This movie is bad if you don't believe in it, which is an interesting stance to have on any movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's pre- only bad would... if you don't believe in it, baby. It's only <laughs> bad if you don't believe. Amen. <laughs> okay, wait. So should we should we give a little uh, like recap of what? Yes. Happened? Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's let's give a little bit that. of context Cause... for these dynamic reviews. Yeah. And right now, well. right now we're kind of shooting from the hip in terms of context. We are. <laughs> 
Okay, so no. the what happens in the movie? First of all, okay, so the movie has horrible pacing, which is something that kind of got us. Like it ends so abruptly, and we're like, "Wait a minute, where did the last hour and a half go?" But like, essentially, like, so Mr. Megorium, played by Dustin Hoffman, owns this fantastical toy store that's just full of whimsy and like, like. All of the toys come to life, and like every child is excited to be there, and all this shit. It kind of feels like Natalie a crossover. Yeah. If, can I jump in here? It feels very much stylistically a crossover between uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and also yeah. um, I was gonna say Nightmare on Elm Street. No. Nope. Well, that no, no, that's exactly right because <laughs> there is a scene where. They're like, oh, Mr. McGorriam, can you reach me that thing that's, like, across the room? And he's like, sure thing. And his arm extends oh, yeah. in oh, the exact same way that Freddy Krueger's arm Yeah, he's, like, Slender Man. Whoa. Yeah. So it's, like, Subtext. not just that, like, the Toy Story is magical. This guy has some freakish, undefined powers that make him closer to, like, some sort of, like, like dark trickster god i'd say like he's there's like dark magic involved in this toy but he store, runs a toy store so it's fun so it's all oh, okay I, I think it's but... also the dark magic is the big plot of the movie is that the toy store because this is now getting into the full we learn early on that dustin hoffman is a uh 240 year old man yeah he's been like super old this whole time yeah and he's like measured his years with these pairs of shoes and so he's mm-hmm. like i love the he has this pairs of pair of shoes and he's like i love this pair of shoes i bought enough of them to last a lifetime and these are my last pair so like that's what kicks the movie off because then natalie mm-hmm. portman who's like she works at the shop and is kind of like mr Megorium's like apprentice if you will she's like oh shit fam you're gonna die like let's give you the last like the best last week of your life like you're a dying labrador retriever (laughs) and so she like she like takes him out on the town and they like dance on garbage one of the best scenes in the whole movie is they just like lie down like some bubble wrap in the park and make mr mercorium dance like imagine if you did that to like your grandpa who was dying you're like all right grandpa now i'm gonna make you dance for me dance grandpa before you die (laughs) that dance on trash and like a crowd forms around them they're like yeah they're killing it and it's just them like dancing in garbage um so like yeah so then mr Megorium, spoiler alert dies mm-hmm. and then natalie portman's like oh the store lost its energy like the store that was once all colorful and bright like turns to black and like no one comes there anymore and stuff and then oh yeah and jason bateman's been there the whole time he's like a tax collector or some shit I, yeah. I don't know, but everyone gives him crap for having a real job. They're like, ugh, get a sense of imagination. And he's like, I'm trying to, like, build a pension. Like, lay off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, all he's doing is like, oh, hey, I am just, like, a regular accountant. You uh, don't pay your taxes because you're too whimsical to <laughs> do that. So in order to keep your business alive and you out of prison, I'm going to try to help you. And they're all just like... You gave up on your dream. You don't care about anything. Dude, what if this guy's dream was to, like, become... What if this guy really likes math, you know? it's Yeah, like, they call him the mutant. 
Which is a scathing nickname for somebody. It's basically like calling somebody a narc to their face. That's what the energy is. So, like, that's kind of it on the plot, though. Like, it, the, essentially, oh. the movie is just Mr. Megorium, like, preparing for death, and then there's, like, whimsy thrown in there, and, and like, lessons about friendship. Not and quite, actually. We are but... forgetting Bean Kid. Yes, uh, Bean Boy! Bean Who will boy. not be named in any other way. He does have a character because... name, but ooh, it doesn't matter. We, and because we don't know it. <laughs> we don't know it. <laughs> well, also, he was such a weird movie. character. Like, why was he not in school? Yes, yeah, so he's, he's this re- little boy. Oh, maybe he was homeschooled. Ew! <laughs> you can't say that. ew to that. What if we have homeschooled listeners? Ew! Stop listening! Stop listening! Changing gears a little bit, but I really want to just touch on this before we get into like our predictions recap. Um, there's a scene where Mr. Megorium is in the hospital, um, kind of like on his last leg. And he's wearing, first of all, so like the whole kind of color scheme of this hospital is this weird yellow color, but Mr. Megorium is wearing a shirt that has, it's white, and then its collar is like this yellow band thing. Okay, when we were watching this movie, I was wearing that shirt. The exact same shirt. The exact same shirt. Mr. Megorium (laughs) stole my fucking look. Okay, somebody call Us Weekly who wore it best. But this whole hospital scene also brings up a very weird inconsistency with this movie in that it seems that the only two wildly quirky places in the movie seem to be Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium and the hospital. And that was what was throwing me off. It could just be that those are pretty much the only two settings that we see outside of the bus that Natalie Paport Natalie I almost said Natalie Paportman. <laughs> uh, that Natalie uh, the, Natalie Wonder <laughs> Natalie Portholeon. Um <laughs> Natalie Portholeon. <laughs> Mr. Recording's <laughs> Natalie Portholeon. <laughs> Okay, so let's revisit the predictions that we made in the first half. Yes. Um, First of all, I think it's really important we acknowledge that all of us were right. Super right. Like, not even even kind of right. Like, to a Super right. Yep. Yes, mine was that uh, I predicted this would be a Wonka-esque escapade. Hit the uh, nail on the head. Look how Timmy Chalamet, the new Wonka, is in town. And it's an old... It's an old Dustin Hoffman with an offensive lisp. <laughs> it's a very inappropriate uh, portrayal of whoever his character is. So I was correct in that prediction. And, you know, he's a eccentric yes. businessman, uh, uses child labor. Uh, I don't know. Ain't that the truth? I was super right. And I think I was, I don't want to say I was the most right, but I'm going to say I'm the most right because... Yeah. I said, there's no way this guy doesn't bite the dust. And that's literally all this movie is about. It's not just like a one moment that happens in the movie. It really is that the whole movie is about the fact that he's dying and everyone knows it. And they're all grappling with the impending grief of losing someone they care about. 
And then I think I think I was also very right. So if you'll if you remember, my prediction was that this the the Wonder Emporium was a front for a ketamine ring that Mr. Megorium was running kind of behind the scenes. And so we didn't explicitly see a scene where ketamine or any kind of drug was involved. Um, there wasn't a scene where Natalie Portman walks through a red door and sees, you know, Megorium hovering over a mountain of Ket, like it's some kind of like Scarface vibe. But like, there's no way there wasn't drugs being pumped through the vents of that establishment. Like, there was something going around, and it wasn't magic. <laughs> we go a whole. There's a long while where Jason Bateman is somehow conveniently like missing all the magic that everyone else doesn't see and you can't tell me that isn't just because everyone else in the store is already high as shit from just breathing in these fumes that they're pumping through the vents and that like it takes it takes a minute for him for it to hit him and he's just like there's also a scene correct me if i'm wrong where there's a a ballroom which is ripped straight out of the santa claus and like the kids go into the ballroom and there's just balls bouncing everywhere and a kid gets like crushed by one and mr mcgorium just goes like huh nice balls or something like that <laughs> there's yeah no for way sure the line there's no way. No, I mean, I mean, but like in Joe's defense, Mr. McGorry commits murder of like a child and goes, oh, well, like and it just keeps going. Like there's no way there's not drugs yeah. involved. There's no way. And like, I like, mean, like Mr. McGorry bought enough shoes to last a lifetime. He paired it up with how much ketamine he had to last a lifetime. And essentially Mr. McGorry's Wonder Emporium was we watched him go on his final K-hole. Yeah. It does feel like this movie feels like a fever dream. Absolutely, it really feels like the director like had a really bad dream, and was like telling his buddy about it, and his buddy was like, "Bruh, dude, we should should do do that shit. Get Dustin Hoffman and do that shit." We were all we were all right. I think we've covered that. I don't see why we can't hop into trivia now because I'm really excited I know, to hear I want to know more because like if more. the movie yeah. was this caliber of what the fuck like how yeah. what the fuck is the trivia gonna be it's it's okay it's, it's mediocre uh, <laughs> it's, it's all right it's we've mediocre. got some things yeah the it's it's i'd say the trivia pairs well with the movie where it's equal amounts of what the hell and also overwhelmingly <laughs> mediocre <laughs> Super uh, at the same time yeah <laughs> all right dish. Uh, excellent uh i mean the first one is natalie portman learned to play the piano for which her is role, which we covered that's absolutely terrible. devastating that's maybe my oh. least favorite natalie portman fun fact next next trivia question is uh dustin hoffman originated mr Gregorium's hairdo bushy eyebrows and lisping vocals according to hoffman when he first tried the voice out on writer director zach helm and two of the producers quote they freaked <laughs> end of trivia first of all like, me too though i mean yeah, okay, this, uh, here's an interesting one drew barrymore was originally cast as molly <gasps> no can you imagine <gasps> drew barrymore in this okay film? joe why didn't you lead with that that's huge and then I think the uh, the the best the the 
to round out the caboose on these fun facts is that writer-director Zach Helm, this is all just directly from IMDb, so feel free to fact check me, says writer-director Zach Helm, admitted to being unhappy with the way the movie eventually turned out, calling it, quote, <laughs> a train wreck. This is the writer director. This is oh, the writer really director. Oh, exactly. This is the auteur behind oh. Mr. McGorham's Wonder Emporium. Can you imagine? Oh, can you imagine making this movie? <laughs> just, just full stop. Just can you imagine making this movie? But then also looking at it being like, this thing's a fucking mess. He's like, oh <laughs> shit, and I'll, I'll be vocal about that. He's like, I will be vocal about that. I will go on the record. Yeah. Man, that's good. Like, I'm so curious how that happened to him. Yikes. Um, okay, so Joe, we like to do a little thing here where at the end of uh, our podcast, we give each movie an official sneaker wave score. We give mm-hmm. it a score one out of 10, one being bad, 10 being transcendently good. And Anne and I don't discuss what we give the 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 final score we don't discuss what we're going to give it ahead of time we okay. just kind of go with our guts and then we kind of like talk about like why we gave it what we gave it oh, so okay. we're going to go three two one and then give our score mm-hmm. and we like to say it at the same time so there's not like we don't affect what the other person's thinking you know yeah because it okay, needs to no, like be sense. from the heart do you guys have your 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 scores i have my score uh yeah no yeah i'm, I'm ready I'm, I'm ready okay okay Three, two, one. Ten out of ten. Ten. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 ten? Yeah, Seriously? Yeah, 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 I yeah. said ten too. Joe, wow. what? Joe. Like, I'm like, Anne and I are usually on the same page, but to know that you're also on the same page, that's crazy. When you've spent as much time with this movie as we have, you know, you appreciate the nooks and the crannies. <laughs> we the got up in those crannies. <laughs> oh, yeah. We really got up in Mr. Megorium's cranny. I think this movie deserves a 10 out of 10 because it was raw, unabashed, unapologetic fun. Dustin Hoffman gives the performance of a lifetime. Do with that what you will. His lifetime. It looks fun. Like, I just wanted to go there. Like, it was great. The score was wonderful. Here's why I loved it. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the bullshit aside, the fact that Zach Helms was like, no cap, this movie sucked. This movie that I made (laughs) sucked. That makes it, that makes me get Kip's review. Yes. Thank you to Kip. Thanks, Kip. Thank you, Kip. Um, so before we sign off, we thought it would be really fun and cool to give our theme song a name because we are sitting here with the creator of the song. And so far it is unnamed, but I think it's time it to give it an be. official title. Conte Partita. Or- we do have to think yeah. is are you uh when you then roll credits do you say our producer is so and so our sound engineer is so and so do you say we don't theme have the song by for Joe that. sweet <laughs> well i assumed it was a car talk situation where you make up some names yeah thank you, you we say, say thank you for thank you to joe for the use of their song blank well, and joe remember <laughs> We might get famous, so choose carefully. <laughs> choose wisely. Choose very carefully. Uh, is it really on me? I mean, I threw out Mr. Gregorium's cranny, and I feel like that's a risky <laughs> one. So I'm open to all other suggestions. I kind of like it. 
What, what if have? we go with something a little classier? Okay. What <laughs> classier if we than Kip's Cranny? Song? <laughs> Kip's Cranny. What if we call it 10 out of 10? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 is good. I like 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Sounds like a, sounds like a jazz standard. Sounds like a jazz <laughs> 10 out of 10, but then like the, su- the like sub name is Mr. McGoriam's Cranny. <laughs> yeah. Look out, Paul Porter. <laughs> Look out, <laughs> Mr. Porter. <laughs> and so it has been baptized before the Lord. 10 out of 10, Mr. McGoriam's Cranny. I love it. Incredible. Yay. Wow. Yay. Well, oh my God, guys, we did it. Now, time for me to die and leave you my magical store. <laughs> Joe's all out of shoes. <laughs> I'm all out of shoes. I've Joe, worn my last Thank you so hair. much for coming to thank hang you. out with us. We had so much fun with you oh, watching this anytime. movie. Delight. Wouldn't have wanted to share Mr. McGorry's Wonder Emporium with anybody else. Nope. And I mean I w- that. I wouldn't have done it for anyone else. Only the two of you. Aww. You get me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> A story for another day. Another day. Another day, another dollar. Well, thank you so much, Joe. And thank you, Joe, for the use of your song, 10 out of 10. That's the uh, Oh, that felt great. That felt that great. That felt good. Uh, that just cost you 30 cents. So uh, pay ah, up. <laughs> All right. Oh. End of up. End of up. End of up. And take us away. Da 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 da. Oh yeah, I do the outro. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, should I do Chicago? <laughs> All that does. And as always, never turn your back on the ocean. <laughs> That really makes me wish that this movie were set in the 30s. Because then every single character would have had a transatlantic accent, which is just how I assume everybody talked in the 30s. And so instead of Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium... Yeah, let's hear it. It would have been Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. And that would have been... But it's it's got to be Toronto themed. It's a different song. we got to do a different song. That's not about Toronto. Little known trivia fact. I wanna be a part of it. Toronto. Toronto. <laughs>